0: Hey friends, welcome to WrestleBuddies, GameSpot's wrestling podcast about wrestling, friendship, and wrestling with friendship. I am your host, Matt Elfring, and with me as always is Chris Hainer. Hello, Matt. You cut that <laughs> off very quickly. Uh, yes, I am Chris Hayner. I am also your host. Uh, and, and also, uh, I am, and he he might not say it because he's, he's uh, uh, too bashful. I am Matt's a number one best wrestle buddy on this planet. It's true. I feel because this is episode twenty. I feel like we should do a different intro. I actually was thinking about that this morning. I thought, wouldn't it be funny if we introduced ourselves and we each came up with a random like wrestling factoid that pertains to us? And I, and mine was going. Mine this week was going to be. I'm Chris Hayner. Uh, I love the Hurt Business on SmackDown. Oh, Oh, I also love the Hurt business. Uh, I don't know if you watched them on Raw last night, Matt. They have new theme music. Cedric Mm -hmm. Alexander's in the crew now, and they are the greatest thing. Okay, let me try this. Just let me experiment with this for a second. Okay. Okay. Welcome to the WrestleBuddies twentieth episode spectacular. Featuring your hosts, Matt Elfring and Chris Hayner, two people that love the Hurt Business. Also featuring the voice and personality of Impact's Brian Myers. Oh wow, now you're just taking away my my intro job. I get it. Go on. And now we go to Matt Elfring. <laughs> Thanks, me. Chris, what do we got on the show this week? (laughs) Did you just introduce yourself to introduce me? Yeah. Wow. Well, Matt, I would say it's a surprise, but since you already spoiled it, I guess we'll go ahead and say that uh, later in the show, we have Impact Wrestling Star and Major Wrestling Figure Podcast co-host Brian Myers. We're talking uh, action figures and pro wrestling and uh, uh, their figure wrestling federation, which seems a lot like the E-Feds that you and I used to do. Uh, But before all that, we're going to look into one of the greatest unsolved wrestling mysteries, Matt. We're going to finally figure out, give a definitive answer to who was behind GTV. I'm unlocking Pandora's box into a world of unknown and known as well. But before we do do, 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 do that, go read and review us on iTunes. Bam. Take that. Yes. We, listen, uh, we love you guys. Uh, you, you may have honestly lukewarm feelings about us, but podcasts need to grow. And believe it or not, uh, we are a podcast and, uh, to grow, we need those ratings and those reviews on the Apple podcast app. For some reason, algorithms care about those stars and those reviews. So hit us up. Let's let's do you mind if I just read the latest review that made me <laughs> absolutely happy. Go right ahead. Uh, this this is from D train. Uh I uh, the D stands for dynamic, dynamic dynamite train dynamo. Uh, this is this is entitled. Wrestle buddies are Nice. It's Which true. I'm so just, it's true. Listen, <laughs> listen, you could say a lot of things about us, but the first thing I want to hear from each and every one of you is that we're nice or else. Uh, D Train says, being a wrestling fan can be hard at times. I'm on Twitter, so I understand that statement a billion percent. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He continues, uh, thanks to social media, you'd think that every wrestling fan hated wrestling with a passion and are only watching it because they secretly hate themselves. I love this review so much. Uh huh. This this checks out so far. Uh, the WrestleBuddies have restored my faith uh, that there are fans out there that love wrestling regardless of how silly or ridiculous it can get. Wrestling isn't perfect, and they make sure to point that out. <laughs> yes, we do. But it's too. also amazing, and this podcast, makes sure you realize it. Thank you so much for that, D-Train. Uh, I will say, this, this has done a couple of things, Matt. First of all, it makes my soul happy, because I yes. feel like D-Train... He gets what we're trying to do with this. We're having fun with the fun parts of wrestling. that doesn't happen enough. Second of all, it is showing the audience that should go right now and leave us ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts that if you leave us a review, Matt might read it on the episode. I very much might. You never know. I'm not saying like go into a review, leave us five stars and plug your own website or a product of some sort. I'm not, I'm not saying to do that. Uh, we we're we're diving into the, the unsolved mysteries of wrestling. We have done this before. We finally figured out who blew up Vince McMahon's limo. And it was Paul London. As we, that was the conclusion we came to, uh, who uh, uh, was paid off by Vince McMahon's brother, Rod or whatever. Yeah. His brother, Roderick paid him off. Roderick, Roderick McMahon. This week, we are finally, Finally finding out who was really behind GTV mm-hmm. and your first inclination is going to be gold dust, which mine was originally too, until I did some digging. It's true. It's not gold dust. It's absolutely not gold dust. Anyway, Chris, let me explain to you, GTV. We are not talking about the Indonesian free to air television network, which Wait. I apparently found out as a thing. Wait, we're not. I thought that's no. what this was about. no. We first started seeing this, what GTV was in 1999, but it Mm -hmm. actually dates back to 1998. Mm. Uh, Former WWF writer Ed Ferreira explained that this was a concept developed in 1998 to kind of reintroduce gold dust to the world. Uh, During that time, Dustin Rhodes had burned his gold dust outfit and renounced the character and was against everything risque in the Attitude Era, much like the uh, eventually-to-come right dissensor was. Mm -hmm. So gold dust that's my gold dust impersonation <laughs> i like it Let's thank put that you theme. that's another impersonation to put in the bin guys motley cruz <laughs> jumping jeff farmer so uh, reportedly usa networks was against gold dust and didn't like gold gave vince mcmahon a hard time about it uh and then gold got released so uh, GTV was this idea was scrapped at this time. Videos had aired. I'm kind of jumping around in the timeline a little bit. So bear with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this started airing in 1999 and it's these kind of grainy black and white, like fly on the wall videos from backstage yeah. where something embarrassing happens. Uh, originally it was labeled as GD TV, gold dust TV, obviously. I still don't um, think that's what it stood for. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. This is all a deep shadow conspiracy to make think us so think it was gold dust and not... Um, uh, who I eventually say it is at the end. We're not there yet. Oh, no. I think it's who I say it is at the end, but go on. Oh, I didn't even see who you said. Oh, oh boy. Oh. So, some of the GTV, GTV videos uh, featured Al Snow picking, picking his, his nose. nose. Oh. So weird. Uh, yeah, yeah, the videos are ridiculous. Go on. Uh, Mark Henry Using the restroom. Oh, and Matt, I don't know if you remember this video. It's intimated that it's stinky. Ooh. Billy Gunn checking out his own (laughs) butt. (laughs) Like the booty man. This was a blatant WCW ripoff. Billy Gunn trying to be the booty man checking out his own butt. Uh, Val Venus. Stuffing his trunks. Big Balboski indeed. <laughs> the meet, vi- the, who wa- the big Val Balsockski. Meat, who was definitely a wrestler, cheating on his girlfriend, Terry, with a woman that looks exactly like Terry and could be easily mistaken for Terry. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. So, oh. uh, I, and I will say this about GTV. I like it. I really... Do think it's a cool concept of like uh-oh, there's someone behind there's someone showing embarrassing things backstage, like big boss man talking to a cop about Big Show's dad dying and laughing uh, about it. Oh uh, what a which jerk. isn't embarrassing, it just makes him look like a jerk. Yeah, he's awful. So there's uh, numerous theories on the internet about where GTV came from. The The first one is obviously Goldust. We've already talked about that. Goldust was fired. He went to go be seven in WCW, had a huge problem with uh, drug abuse and alcoholism. And we all know how seven went. We'll talk about it someday. Mm -hmm. So Jericho came out and said something uh, entirely different. And this has been reported by a few people. Um, So Jericho says, and there's a quote from him when I did uh, the live with Chris Jericho with Stephanie at Titan studios in WWE studios, uh, GTV was supposed to be Tom green. Yes. And I just found out about the other day. Uh, I didn't know. Uh, I'm not going to read this whole thing. It's stupid. Uh, So Tom green was that Uh, guy from, no, you're going to read the whole thing because we got to get to the important stuff. Uh, He just found out the other day. I didn't know GTV. And remember it, it, he meant, he mentions that it fits because Tom green, with like film pranky type things and all that S bomb. He says swear words. Uh, but this all fell apart when Vince McMahon finally saw some of Tom Green's video and said, this guy's not funny. Yeah. Tom Green's not funny. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, I, as a Canadian who loved Tom Green, even when he came over to America, uh, or a half Canadian, I should say, uh, Tom green at that point, I feel like mm, not the best route to go. Um, Um, I, I, I thought Tom green was great until the bum song, the bum song kind of killed for me as well. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. Sorry, Tom green. If you're listening, I do like the theme song to your show, which is just, this is the Tom green show. It's not the green Tom show. This is my favorite show because it is my show. That's the lyrics to his theme song. They're wonderful. Uh, So Tom Green was uh, scrapped. Uh, Then there was another report that (laughs) Headbanger Thrasher, Uh, who is named... Go ahead, Chris. Oh, so this is a bit I found that I'm obsessed with. So Headbanger Thrasher, whose real name is Glenn Ruth. Reportedly, he was out with an injury, and they were going to repackage him and bring him back, not as Headbanger Thrasher, but instead as Glenn Ruth, the man behind GTV. There was even a video a GTV video where uh headbanger mosh uh, slash Chaz. I don't know if you remember. He had a few different gimmicks. Uh, yeah. There was a video that, that broke up him and his girlfriend, Mariana at the time. So the, the, the weird, the weird bend to this is that Mariana played his played was his girlfriend. However, in his previous gimmick of beaver cleavage, which we've discussed oh. on this podcast before Mariana played his mother, Mrs. Cleavage. When that gimmick got dropped, she became his girlfriend on screen. This is a lot. But it was almost going to be Glenn Ruth, a.k.a. Headbanger Thrasher. Of course, that did not happen. And, uh, like, I don't even know where the headbangers are these days. So, a few years back, there was a, a WWE video on the official WWE YouTube page where Goldust himself, Answers the question in uh, Chris, the video is titled was gold dust behind GTV. He finally answers the question. Wow. Here is his answer verbatim from that video. Are you going to, I I assumed you were just going to include the video. No, I'm not going to include the video. I'm just going to say it. Yes. I don't want to, I don't want to take the audio out and that and then put it. I'm just not in the mood. Perform as Gold Dust, please. Okay. Uh, no, uh, he says, uh, GTV is very highly classified material that I cannot discuss with you. That's so, it. So he does not. He doesn't finally <laughs> answer the question. First of all. Second of all, no, it's not. It's not, it's not highly, highly classified class- material because who cares? It's a storyline that they had like three different people they thought might work with it and then it ultimately didn't work so it just disappeared forever. I'm going to be clear with you, Matt. This makes me not a Dustin Rhodes fan. How dare he <laughs> promise that he's going to finally answer the question only to say, oh, I can't answer that question. Whatever, Goldie. The most WWE slash Attitude Era uh, GTV video that came out uh, involved the cast of the movie Mystery Men, I still think that holds up as a great film, personally. I never liked it, but go on. Really? Okay. Well, it was led by Ben Stiller. Uh, Kel Mitchell was there, Janine Garofalo, and someone else. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, so Ben Stiller was talking about how much he loved Deborah's puppies. That's the video. <laughs> he, and Janine Garofalo spends yes. the entire video thinking he's talking about actual puppies and is like, man, Deborah is just such an animal lover. And, and Ben, well, Ben Stiller says like, I want to rip her shirt open and bury my head in her puppies. I'm like, Ben Stiller, (laughs) what is this? This is what, this is what I was doing. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. This is 100% a piece of marketing. Nobody involved remembers doing because it's not done at a WWE show. It's not done. It's, it's, it's literally, they're just sitting in a hotel room. There's a camera on the wall. And at the end, they see the camera and they're like, oh, what's this? Also, Janine is doing the robot. <laughs> like, yes. this doesn't, she just she comes in and does the robot for a while. And, and she falls on the ground at one point. Yeah. She's just doing weird Falls it's, it's very obvious she does not care about this. <laughs> and, and and Ben Stiller, like clearly someone prepped Ben Stiller on what was going on because he says things like Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker at the beginning of the video. <laughs> and then just starts talking about Deborah it's and like, her puppies. He essentially says like Man, my favorite thing is when The Undertaker hit Stone Cold Steve Austin with a chair (laughs) at WrestleMania. It's the best. Uh, It's Mad Libs Wrestling. and, And they talk about their, this is before Mystery Men came out. They talk about their big, huge, like amazing superhero movie. And it's just, it's something, Matt. It is something wonderful. I want, I want us to, I want us to have like, listen, I am shooting for the moon now. Can we have Ben Stiller on just to talk about this segment? I I don't know how we would get him on. I can do an hour talking to Ben Stiller about this two minute video.
1: Absolutely.
0: Easily. Anyways, let's Chris and I are um, expert researchers. It's true. uh, We're obviously for our work. We're detectives. Um, We're we're private dicks. I had to throw it out there. (laughs) I'm, Why am I'm, I'm, I'm 38, I'm, and that still makes me laugh. I'm a very public dick. <laughs> I'm a private one. Chris, uh, you've done your research. Who yes. is behind GTV for real? Oh, Matt, I think the answer is obvious. Um, I have looked into the files. I've looked into these highly classified materials that Goldust talked about. Uh, mm-hmm. It's G. Gordon Liddy, the uh, the FBI agent. And lawyer that was deeply embroiled in uh, the uh, the uh, Watergate scandal, you may wow. know. Here's what I'll say, and here's and here's what really sealed the deal for me. Uh, G. Gordon Liddy was due to his role in the Watergate scandal. G. Gordon mm-hmm. Liddy was convicted of conspiracy and illegal wiretapping, things that are very central mm-hmm. to GTV because this is this is one of wrestling's greatest conspiracies. And like, what what is hidden cameras if not the next evolution of wiretapping? I just looked up G Gordon Liddy to make sure he was uh, alive during this time. He's still alive. Yeah, he's alive. He's eighty nine years old. Good for him. Matt, I do my research, of course. (laughs) I know, but you know what? Sometimes you just gotta. You also, you know, we're buddies. We're wrestle buddies. We gotta fact check each other. We have to. I'll also. I also want to say this. He was out of prison by the time this happened. Okay. Because he did serve time in prison for his role in the Watergate scandal. Chris, I went for more of a wwwe angle. Um, I don't understand. I I looked into wrestlers. Uh, I'm sorry, sports entertainers mm-hmm. uh, that, that existed in WWE and thought, uh, who could be behind GTV? Mm-hmm. And... I came out with uh, one of my old buddies. We're not friends, but I consider him a buddy. Uh, John Tenta, who at the time was Golga from the Oddities. The Oddities, otherwise known as the Insane Clown Posse's favorite stable? Yes. And obviously, uh, the G&G TV is for Golga. That's, you know, easy. Easy stuff right there. Mm -hmm. Now, the Oddities wanted to do this and wanted to get backstage to get into the heads of other wrestlers to show everybody in the world that the oddities aren't the only ones that are a little bit strange that do weird things behind closed doors. The oddities are themselves backstage front stage in the ring in public. They are odd. Yes, but they don't hide their oddity ways like everyone else does in the world. They are true to themselves and GTV was a way to show the world um, that they're not the only odd people. I will say, Matt, it is intriguing that I do not believe there were any GTV videos about the oddities. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And That's how intriguing. one was Big Boss Man being a cop, which is super weird. It's true. I was. I just keep going back to the Big Boss Man one because I was watching that, and I'm like. Why was this a GTV segment? It doesn't do anything like he's already a heel character. This does nothing for him. Wait, is he the thing that's weird about that one is he's in a police station talking to another officer. So big boss man is actually a cop. I think so. I, okay. And we're still going with that. Matt, Mm -hmm. I, I leave you with this, uh, pointing to the possibility, um, now, the possibility that it was Golga and the oddities behind all this, uh, mm. I leave you with this quote from the yes. oddities theme song. Yeah, please, please. By, by by the insane clown posse. Yeah. we's a little bit twisted. I gladly admit it. I can unscrew my head off and shoot hoop with it. And you can't. So you got to label us weird, even though your mama's got a beard. What? Because... Because someone's mother out there mm-hmm. um, has a beard, has a beard, and they won't, they won't, they won't admit it. They won't admit that behind closed doors there is something a little bit odd about them as well. And that was the purpose of GTV was to show the world everyone is odd. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's why G Gordon Liddy did it with the oddities. Yes, with Golga from the oddities. Some people don't like these oddities. We are so good at this. We're I mean, so good at solving the mysteries. Hey, Netflix, I know you have your Unsolved Mysteries reboot, but how about Unsolved Wrestling Mysteries? We're available. And also, just call it Solved Wrestling Mysteries because we're solving the Cause hell out of them. We're solving these mysteries, man. Well, you we're, can call it Solved Mysteries after the episode. We don't solve them until right. the end of the episode. <laughs> the guy behind Watergate, well, one of the guys behind Watergate, <laughs> and a dude who wore a Cartman shirt... And a brown gimp mask uh, was he, behind a weird behind-the-scenes video did for, uh, he, he, didn't, he didn't wear a Cartman shirt. He came to the ring with a Cartman toy. I think he had a Cartman shirt at some point. Did he? Good for him, man. I I distinctly remember Golga as having a stuffed Cartman and dancing around with it. And he I did always, do that, yeah. And I always found it weird because if you like me have seen Beyond the Mat way too much, there is that there is that segment where there in the marketing meeting with Vince and he's, and Vince is told that like it's WWE and South park duking out at toy stores for the number one spot. And then you cut to Monday night raw and a WWF wrestler is like playing with a South park toy in the middle of the ring. I'm like, this is so weird and inside, but like, I love it. How was your mind completely blown when you found out that Goga was John Tenta? 100%. I was like, what do you mean? It's earthquake. Like, I know he doesn't like talk. I don't think he ever talks. Uh, it's been so long, Mm-mm. so I've kind of gone back to that. But uh, knowing that, like he embraced a mute character like that, and it didn't feel anything like he's done before. Like, no, Man Tenta is so underrated. Absolutely, I would. I would go so far as to say uh, both of the natural disasters are because, as you know, Shockmaster stands. Me and Matt, <laughs> Super Shockmaster stands. Super Shockmaster. <laughs> Oh, well, we solved another mystery, Chris. We're a plus heroes. And with that, no, let's we go to are, another. we are the Robert stack of professional wrestling. We certain well, he, he didn't solve anything. We are better than the Robert stack of <laughs> professional wrestling. <laughs> uh, speaking of, uh, of heroes within solving mysteries, this has nothing to do with anything. Wow. Uh, we, we did, we had a little talk with impact wrestlings, Brian Myers, who, yes, Many of you, many of you may know, formerly in WWE as Kurt Hawkins. Uh, he loves wrestling, but loves action figures. Has his own podcast. Uh, I was going to say, I happen to know him as the Scotty Pippen of professional wrestling figure collecting, and also I believe the most professional wrestler. He's the most professional wrestler. Pretty big edgehead. If we're going to get into it. Oh yeah, I mean, who isn't? Honestly, yeah. we all we're all huge edgeheads. Uh, so we talked to Brian Myers and, uh, you're going to find out more. I don't know how to transition into this. I've already dug a grave. So we're going to talk to Brian Myers and we hope you enjoy we are talking to none other than the most professional wrestler brian myers at impact wrestling brian how you doing sir
1: what's up guys thanks for having me
0: thank you for being on uh very excited to talk to you very excited that you're over at impact now um when so for you what made impact wrestling the right place for you to land after you left wwe
1: um it was just kind of things just kind of uh I don't know. I'm a big, like, everything happens for a reason kind of thing. You know, I I wasn't Mm -hmm. expecting to leave WWE anytime soon. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, luckily, you know, 17 years now in this business, I made a lot of friends and connections and acquaintances. And uh, I'd say almost immediately upon uh, my departure, my phone was ringing, you know, texts were coming through. And uh, I think it was suggested by a couple people within Impact that I would be a great fit. So I'm, I'm certainly glad that, that, uh, that all happened. Cause, uh, now that I've been there and I've experienced it, I, you know, I'm absolutely a great fit and I'm, I'm loving it.
0: So you've kind of has the moniker now, which I'm super love, just the most <laughs> professional wrestler, uh, which fits wonderfully on a t-shirt as we've seen, uh, where did the, I, I know it's kind of a silly question, but where'd the idea for this kind of slogan of most professional wrestler come from?
1: It's actually a very random story. Uh, one of my best friends, Luke Gallows, Doc Gallows, uh, Sex Ferguson, whatever you want to, you know, <laughs> the, the famous Festus, whatever. He uh, honestly he had his, his fingers in some kind of something that was going to, that's still supposed to happen, some kind of side project. And he said, cut a promo for me. And uh, I went to my wrestling school. And my buddy helped me, you know, we set up a camera and we did a couple things and I literally was just rambling off my accomplishments and the last thing I said was, I'm the most professional wrestler. And I just kind of it just was like a light bulb, weird freak moment thing that happened. And then I had shown that promo to to the the guys in the impact office and they were like that there's this is great. There's something to that line. Let's let's make sure we don't uh you know lose that or throw it away. And I completely agreed. So it was just a bizarre uh series of events that all just kind of uh, fell into my lap almost.
0: Uh you've also you've also changed up your look a bit with uh the the, the, the half mask uh when you come to the ring. I'm wondering what, what sort of brought that about because honestly, given that everybody is masked all the time now, it's kind of perfect timing.
1: That was kind of what it was. It was COVID mask inspired, I mm-hmm. guess, you know, and I used it for uh that same promo I was talking about. I just wanted to kind of unveil myself and you know have it. And then I was like, well, this is great. I need to add this to my repertoire as well. So it's become a you know a thing. I, I I'm, uh I'm big into like, you know, always evolving in the business, you know, like, you know, you, you learn every single day in pro wrestling, every single match, you know, every single car ride. So to, to be, I, I, I said this plenty of times, you know, I could have, you know, I had that run with Edge, you know, whatever, how many years ago I could literally probably show up and do indies and edge tights for the rest of my life but i don't want to be that guy you know i want to keep evolving and growing and getting better because because i just love the business so much so it's just another added piece that i thought was cool that uh people seem to like too so i'm uh, gonna keep it for a while
0: oh man that edge head photo op though that would have been pretty good
1: <laughs> I, I didn't say it was gonna never happen <laughs>
0: uh you're also really big uh in on the action the the wrestling action figure and i guess the overall general action figure scene uh and you and matt cardona are releasing your own your own figures through super seven i'm wondering how did how did that come about and knowing that like even outside of wrestling you're now going to have figures that are sort of based on your podcast
1: yeah uh same kind of same scenario as we had just talked about like as soon as you know the departure came the the calls and emails and texts came in you know so uh wwe is a great place when you're there but uh the door a lot of doors are closed when you're there you know and then being away from there a lot of really cool doors and opportunities opened and super seven was one of them they almost immediately uh hit us up and said they'd like to work with us so we were already because of our podcast and stuff we're on a lot of uh people's radars as far as like influencers you know like they they you know they they had already um inked the new japan deal to make action figures so they were uh, you know we were already in contact with them so they already had our information and stuff so uh it was dream come true to be honest with you and i think our fans the near and dear fans of our show know that uh matt and i feel a little little slighted by mattel for not getting us uh a wrestlemania moment figures out you know we think we felt like uh Sure, that was a big deal in the wrestling world, but in the wrestling figure world, you know, we really work hard to promote the toys and the awareness. And, like, you know, we basically do a two-hour commercial for them every week for free, mm-hmm. you know. So we thought that maybe we would be blessed with those, and it didn't happen. Um, so, now, but now, you know, things happen for a reason. Now we got even bigger and better and cooler, uh, much more exciting action figures coming from Super 7, which are available for pre-order right now. And, uh, the business model of super seven, the pre-order is the order. So if you don't get in on this pre-order, you're going to be left to the secondary market and paying outrageous prices on eBay. So I would suggest oh. anybody, anybody who's even curious, I would pre-order and, uh, check it out. Do and, do uh, these,
0: uh, super seven figures in the promo picture? It's you guys holding money <laughs> and smaller figures. Do they come with money and smaller figures? <laughs>
1: Uh, yes, so those are broski bucks because we uh, on the show we refer to Matt Cardona as the thousand dollar broski. Basically, he's so addicted to action figures, there's no price that he won't pay. So uh, and-
0: <laughs> I've seen that in the videos. Yes, <laughs> you hear these
1: stories <laughs> firsthand if you don't believe it on our podcast. You know, just we completely just expose ourselves to being blithering action figure nerds and uh, basically overall merchandise and pro wrestling nerds. So th- those come out. So, yes, he comes with broski bucks and we both come. <laughs> With our our action figure comes with our action figure so we'd like to think we made some kind of toy history in this uh in this toy line
0: <laughs> it is i do not remember seeing that before uh but i know when i saw those those first images i was like oh my god the the figure comes with a teeny tiny figure and I mean, that's that
1: was the part about, about the whole process of super seven like we're so hands-on literally uh in contact with the the, the sculptors and the designers every day like we added um the the entrance mask just recently and that wasn't in the original plans, but they've been so uh, uh, awesome to work with, with us, you know, so it's been pretty cool.
0: Now does Matt really have to buy something anytime you guys go out and uh, search for toys at all, or is this just something for the, you guys do for the internet?
1: No, that's real. I mean, I think a lot of the success of the major wrestling figure podcast has just been our honesty. And Mm -hmm. uh, he's a, I mean, if you listen, we won't take more than one episode to know that he's insane. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> just need to hear for yourself you know he's doing it all so uh yeah that that's real as can be for sure i'm a little bit more conservative i don't like to uh make up justifications in my head to make purchases it's, it's usually if i you know it's part of something i'm collecting but nine times out of ten if we're going somewhere to hunt for figure wrestling figures there's going to be something i i want anyway
0: mm-hmm. uh the insane versus conservative uh through line sort of spills over into your you guys' newest venture which is the major wrestling figure podcast or no I'm sorry the major the wrestling figure federation figure podcast Re- figure wrestling fwf yes, F-W- yes. Uh, it, listening I, I it's it's become one of my new favorite weekly listens because you just it's it, it starts off with a half an hour of him screaming through his entire card. Wow. <laughs> Followed by half hour of your storytelling through your entire card and like kind of going up and down and up and down. I'm like and I can only imagine how how tired he is, but how then how tired you and Mark are just watching it and being on the receiving end of it.
1: I literally, at some points, I want to just walk away while he's doing his and not even listen to it and let it just happen because it's so exhausting. The half hour that he takes to, to spew his, the, his Federation details and storylines are just, is just so exhausting for me. And then we've really ribbed ourselves. It's, it's been wildly successful, like for whatever reason. Our fans are loving hearing two guys in their mid 30s rebook the attitude era with action figures for some reason Mm -hmm. that's resonated with people and people absolutely love it. So like, it's not going to stop. It's only getting bigger and better, but it one, it's so much work. I'm literally writing. (laughs) I'm writing a weekly television show and I can't half ass it because he's going nuts. And like, I need to really, you know, keep the stakes even, you know, so Mm -hmm. that's, that's exhausting. And then when we record, which now, Our podcast used to be remote. You know, we were in wherever, Des Moines, Iowa, and we're in the hotel doing it together. Now it's only a Zoom call like we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. So it's every, you know, whatever Monday night we do it. And then we bleeds right into our regular real podcast. And we're already like mentally and him physically exhausted (laughs) from doing it. So uh, it's a lot of fun. And like you said, you got to like almost hear it to believe it. Uh, and then make your own, I think, assumption of what, of what it is. But, uh, yeah, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of fun. And, f- like, for whatever reason, people are loving it.
0: Hey, yeah. Uh, for listeners who have not heard this yet, A, go to the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast right now and start downloading the Figure Wrestling Federation episodes. They They essentially held a draft of a few different action figure selections from the 90s and have now created their own sort of Wednesday Night Wars, I guess. Uh, where they're there it's 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 magical and I and I and I will say I appreciate you calling out this week that uh it seems like Matt just likes to reuse a lot of promos from years past <laughs> or on
1: the network bro come on <laughs> You've heard all.
0: we've all heard this so it's uh, for Chris and I th- this show is actually very reminiscent of something that we kind of grew up on in our late teen years which is e-federations um was that something that you were ever involved in in the early days of the internet?
1: Actually, no. And I had my hands on a lot of uh you know, I obviously wrestling nerddom I was I, I I dabbled in like tape trading, obviously yeah. like figure message boards and stuff like that, you know. Uh mostly things like that.
0: The tape trade the tape trading was a big one. I remember when I first moved to Los Angeles and someone introduced me to a place called Frankenson's Collectibles in the city of industry. Ooh. It was like a wonderland
1: yeah it's still there right we're it's still there (laughs) once a week and say we have to go we it's just hasn't worked out yet We're, we're trying to get there
0: it's if you want if you go to los angeles then drive an hour and a half outside of los angeles to the middle of nowhere and
1: you're there so that's what we've heard
0: you guys spend a lot of time searching for action figures um what to you is your holy grail action figure
1: um, I don't really know if I have something like that at this point. Basically, my bread and butter right now at this point in my life is just uh, everything ECW. So mm. uh, people listen to the show know I'm just just a super ECW fanboy. So you know, I got to wrestle Shane Douglas this past week and then I was like, I couldn't awesome. have been I was flying high just, uh, you know, natural high of just work of you know working with this 56 year old man it makes no sense but <laughs> it, it meant a lot you know and uh now like my ecw fandom is just collect i mean vintage shirts anything you know obviously i have i have every single ecw original action figure autographed by uh the person depicted in the box and, oh, and wow. you know, some of those people have passed on so a lot of that's like very i cherish a lot of that stuff you know so pretty much anything and all anything ecw even like uh judge jeff jones a year or so ago he kind of gifted me a bunch of backstage passes like laminates from original shows that are things like that I just think are so cool because i just uh I adore ecw so much and everything about it
0: and, and you Excellent. yourself have been an action figure uh a few times. What do you remember about seeing your own action figure for the first time
1: um I', I have like a kind of a funny story my my friend who I was living with at the time i mean the crazy part is uh let say Matt and I were probably twenty three when that when our first Edgeheads figure came out from (laughs) jacks and uh i was living at like i I call like a frat house basically you know when i was in and out of going on the road and my buddy who lived with me worked at ringside collectibles so he had like an in all those guys and jacks and all that stuff and they sent ringside the hand-painted prototype of that figure as kind of like a gift for me and uh i'm such a mark i had like all the figures on display in my room in a ring And he came home from work and slid it into the ring as a but didn't tell me, and I kind of like did like a triple take, like like you know losing my mind, like whoa, yeah. So that was the first time I actually laid eyes on it.
0: Oh, that's such a that's actually that's a really nice story. Yeah, I'm glad you had that moment.
1: Thanks, and I so I mean I still have it too, the hand painted prototype, you know, basically a one of a kind collector. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, just uh, just wrapping up, jumping back to Impact, obviously. There, there, a bunch of your friends are there. There's also just this insane crop of new talent that is sort of uh, the impact has really kind of been building itself around these past few years. I'm wondering who, who are the names you're most excited about working with?
1: Um, I've been really impressed with the rascals. I think all three of them are just really, really talented, like in their own way too. So mm-hmm. they, I think they complement each other as like a, a, a three man team very well. Um, the North is insanely talented and i mean obviously their title reigns speaks for itself you know you mm-hmm. don't hold the tag team championship for over a year by accident uh and then like i said all the uh the ex-wwe stars if you will that came in with me you know we keep referring to ourselves like you know i i feel like i'm working for ecw in a way like it's the mm-hmm. land of the misfit toys is what we call ourselves because there's <laughs> a lot of people that have so much potential and you know it's just it just wasn't capitalized for you know whatever reasons and now we're all here this common goal you know having fun which is a mm-hmm. big i think a big big uh ingredient to the success and uh i obviously i'm biased but i think the shows have been incredible since slime anniversary i think they've been very uh well thought out and fun and full of action and then the real icing on the cake is when we're gonna be able to get in front of real crowds again and you know start building that fan base you know town by town and letting people see you know what what everyone can do because uh the, the roster staff. I mean, the women's, uh, division, I think is the best in all of wrestling. Mm-hmm, so yeah. there's a lot there to tune in for. And, uh, I, I just want, I want, you know, as many people, as I can tell, you know, tune into access TV every Tuesday night. Cause it's, it's worth watching, man. It's right up there. I think with AEW and WWE programming, you know, it's that good.
0: I I've been really enjoying the, the current run you're doing with Willie Mack. Um, it is, I feel like it, you as a wrestler, like, I feel like you've really come into your own as a person in the ring. You've, your ring work's always been great, but seeing you and him kind of go toe-to-toe in the ring and then you on the mic has been fantastic so
1: far. Thanks, man. Yeah, like I said, same thing I said along those lines. It's just opportunities that I've never really been given. You know, I uh, it's hard to... Uh, do a lot of character stuff when you have a six minute match on main event with Mojo Raleigh, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> no, But it's just, that's it, it, not going to be the best version of myself or, or his self either, you know, but mm-hmm. I'm getting a really cool opportunity here. And I told, actually told the impact office, those guys right away, right when I came in, that I would love to work with Willie and now I am. So uh, he's awesome and very talented as well. So I'm, I'm literally having a blast.
0: This is just a one last nerdy question for me. Would you go to wrestle house?
1: Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if my wife would be too thrilled about that. I uh, <laughs> I, I saw the Wrestle House went away, and I was wondering if that was for the best or not. I'm not sure, but it was great. It was fun while it lasted. <laughs>
0: it's that one is, of those super weird things in wrestling that I love. It's not for everybody, but I'm super into it.
1: I thought it was very funny that people were either like, "Man, do I hate Wrestle House," or then people were like, "Man, I absolutely love Wrestle House." There's no in between on that one for some reason. <laughs>
0: And it's, it's honestly, it's a really good example of what Impact is doing. I feel like we've, Matt and I have talked about this quite a bit recently. Uh, it feels like up until Slammiversary, Impact was left out of sort of that top, that top tier wrestling company conversation. Yeah. And finally, people are starting, like, people are starting to take notice again and be like, oh, wait, there's amazing wrestling happening here. The, the, you mentioned the women's division, the women's division in Impact is ridiculously so good. good.
1: It's the best. I think it is the best in all wrestling, so. Uh, And it's the, it's the, the deepest roster of female talent in all of wrestling. So Mm -hmm. there's something to be said with that.
0: Thank you so much. Well, thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate you having on and obviously everybody check out impact on Tuesday nights on access. And also the major wrestling figure podcast figure wrestling Federation, (laughs) my (laughs) favorite podcast at this point. Sorry us. As we know, I've been watching impact. I'm uh i actually, that's the wrestling show I watch the most right now is impact. Believe it or not. It's all because of slam reversary. It really is. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, Matt. Impact is putting out a great show. If you would have talked to me a year ago and say like, you'll be watching impact more than AE or well, I mean more consistently than like WWE or AEW programming. I, I would say you were crazy, but. That's actually, okay, I, Matt. If you yeah. had told me a year ago that there wouldn't be audiences at wrestling shows, I would have thought you were crazy too. If you would have told yet, me a year ago. Look where but, we are. Yeah, we're it's still in this hellscape. Chris, let's open up the mailbag and pick out one letter to read. <laughs> one? Only one? That's okay, Matt. I know the one we're gonna pick. This comes from James Ascardi, who you might know as that guy who also works for CBS Interactive uh, mm-hmm. over at comicbook.com. Uh he wants to know why fake diesel is the best diesel. And I actually have an answer for this. I is the answer, uh, it's Kane, it's gotta be Kane. No, uh, the answer is because, like, honestly, like, I, I love, I love Kevin Nash, I have gotten to talk to him a few times. We, mm-hmm. we, he let me nerd out to him about Super Shredder for probably longer than I should have, yes, uh, and was very respectful in answering all of my questions. Um, I don't love, I've never loved the diesel character. I think, like, I understand that he became a WWE champion and, uh, was, I, I thought he was fine as, like, uh, Shawn Michaels' heater, but, like, I don't think he came into his own until he became Kevin Nash in WCW. Like, yeah, I mean, because he, he was, was always a sidekick at that point. He was always a sidekick, and he was also sort of, like, in a way, he was kind of that last that last stand of, like, uh, sort of jo- job gimmick type things, where, like... Mm-hmm my name's diesel. Like I come to the ring to diesel truck sounds. Wah, wah. My finishing move is the jackknife power bomb. You know, that thing that diesel trucks do mm. like it was, it was, it's, it's a, it was a little silly holding on a little bit too late in that for my liking personally. I agree. I mean, I love diesel as a kid, but when diesel became Kevin Nash and WCW, I was like, Oh, like that. Yes. Like this is, much better because it's a real guy absolutely you know? uh, and, and, and you know and you know what they say about fake diesel right what that's it's gotta, that's gotta be kane. gotta be kane that's it's gotta be kane, gotta be kane. <laughs> uh so yeah, glenn jacobs uh who was kane and uh looked nothing the, like Diesel. dentist yeah he played fake diesel that is and well at one point I think we're going to go into fake remote fake Razor Ramon fake Diesel. Oh, we got to do fake Diesel and Razor, yeah. It is such an amazing story. Uh fake Razor Ramon even less looks like Razor Ramon than fake Diesel. What Diesel. are you talking about Chico? <laughs> it's like if I was cast to play Razor Ramon, honestly. <laughs> and I was cast to play Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> oh honk honk you <laughs> just walk around going honk honk pulling your arm up and down I like fake diesel I mean that's the moment in WWE where you're like oh gimmicks like this are dead yeah also I like I don't know why but it also always reminds me of fake Undertaker when Undertaker <laughs> fought Undertaker and what like, real Undertaker was wearing a mask Yes. Or fake Kane, which was Luke Gallows. Oh, my God. Yep. 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 Yeah. Good times. When The Miz and uh, Maurice did John Cena and uh, Nikki Bella. (laughs) Yes! That was so good. Oh, so good. Oh, man. The Miz is great. We're going to leave you at that. We're going to leave you at at Maurice and the Miz as John Cena and Nikki Bella. I think that's a good place to stop this. And also this just tells me one day we're going to do a Miz retrospective episode. Just looking back at the Miz, just everything. The Miz. Yep. Well, that's it for this week, Chris. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for being a buddy. Thank you for being a wrestle buddy around the world and back again. That doesn't rhyme with buddy. No, it doesn't around the world. We're going to get muddy. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Wrestle Buddies. We hope you had at least almost as much fun as we did. Go ahead and rate and review us on the Apple Podcast app. You can email us questions at WrestleBuddies at GameSpot.com or find us over on Twitter at Wrestle Buddies. I am at Chris Hainer. He is at I'm Matt Elfring. See you next week.